Welcome to another episode of Meta Athletes to Playbook, where we bring our coaches' insights directly to our community. And uh, Coach B, I kind of had a little bit of a, a blunder today for the podcast. And the reason I want to bring it up is because um, me and my family went out to to dinner last night for my mom's birthday. And we were all sitting there. Then my brother just randomly goes, Drew, like, why do you have Do Not Disturb on your phone? Because, you know, just through the text message, like people are noticing and uh, and then my mom was like, yeah, why do you have that? My girlfriend's like, yeah, he does have that all the time. And then, you know, in my head, I'm like telling these guys that it's it's super beneficial for my work day because if somebody tries to call me out of the blue or text me out of the blue, I won't see it. And I can stay kind of dialed in and stay in, in kind of like a deep work mode if, if that's my goal for the next, you know, hour or two hours or so. And uh, I was just talking about how beneficial it was. But then this morning, I totally missed, you know, our start date for the podcast. And I didn't even hear a message until an hour later because of do not disturb <laughs> mode. And so uh, what I thought was a blessing was actually kind of holding me back from from being on time for you. But uh, I thought I'd just share that real quick. And uh, I know, uh, Coach B, I know that we we had some good conversations today or this week, I should say, um, that kind of leads to this podcast episode. And um, we decided that we'll just kind of bring it public with the, um, the, the information that you were sharing. But um, it has to do with finding purpose. And I think that we've done yeah. you know, some, some episodes and some conversations around like Simon Sinek's why, when it yeah. comes to putting together uh, a mission, a community, you know, a, a mission statement, uh, branding and things like that. But it sounds like, you know, the conversation that we were having was more geared towards like the everyday, the day-to-day type of task, the um, how we approach and how we show up for every single task versus maybe more the macro sense of why. And so uh, that was a great, great episode that we could kind of tune in today and maybe you can give us a little bit more context, but um, yeah, I'll shoot it over to you and, and uh, we'll kind of take the conversation from there. Yeah. Drew, no worries on the, um, on the <laughs> delay too. Like I understand what it means to just kind of be, have your head down and just in focus. And sometimes we get in those modes and that, and that's great. And it kind of has some context to what we're going to talk about today. But right. today I wanted to share something that was inspired by, um, you know, by, IRL and like what's happening right now is right when we're in our summer and we we usually get a lot of athletes that come to campus to start training before the school year starts and I found that this year more so than probably the last three or four years we've got a lot of uh, newcomers like a lot of newcomers from from whether it be from other schools um, or just incoming freshmen and we don't have as much veteran leadership like on some of those programs as we may have had in the past. And we, I think we do a pretty good job of explaining um, and, and empowering our upperclassmen, our veterans to help onboard these newcomers into our culture, into what we do on a day-to-day basis and, and really just getting them to understand the purpose of what it is that we do on a daily basis and what our purpose is with you know, with, with our training and, and why we practice the way we do and why we do things the way we do and why we say the things we do, but without having so much, so many veterans and returners around, like I found myself teaching a lot about not just what and how to do certain exercises and certain movements, but really about why. And I found myself explaining much more of our overarching theme and our culture uh, so much more that it was, it inspired me to, to, to share it and to talk about it a little bit more because I think it's, it's a, like a moment of clarity where we start to look at the things that we do on a daily basis. And do we truly understand why we're doing what we're supposed to be doing or what, whatever task that we're, we're deciding to, to take on that day in that moment. 
um, to truly understand what the purpose behind every single thing is. And, you know, we just, I just want to share this one conversation before we kind of get dive into this a little bit more, but we had, um, athlete come from another school and he'd been there for, you know, a couple seasons playing. And it was, you know, I, one of the first things I always say is, is ask these kids is, you know, what's your, what's your culture like? What was it like? What, you know, why are you coming here? Um, and oftentimes it's for a new opportunity, a change, looking for something different, wanting to be around a winning program, all these types of things. But, um, when I was asking this athlete about like what their training environment was like, or what their training culture was like, he's like, well, um, you know, it's nothing like what we do, you know? at Quinnipiac, it was very much like you just kind of go in, do your own thing. They have headphones in. Um, there's no communication. There's no um, no t- no sense of team or unity togetherness. And so he, I often, and then I asked him, I said, well, what's, what are the things that attracted you to here? And he's like, well, from the outside looking in, everybody recognizes that, that you guys win because you're, you play as a team. You do everything together as a team. And I said, yeah, and I said, that, that's a big part of what we do. And it kind of makes us who we are, but, um, it's not something that just happens, you know, when the bright lights are on, it's something that happens on a day-to-day basis with everything that we do. And, um, Joy, I know you'll see it one time, but like, you know, there might be some videos pop up on Instagram, but when we train, it's, it's loud, it's energetic. There's talking, there's communication, there's clapping, there's, and we always talk about it all the time, like celebrating wins, like li- literally if we have a good stretch, we'll clap. If we, if we, um, do something together, we'll clap. Like it's, we talk to each other. It's, it's, it becomes contagious. But at the beginning, sometimes it seems forced. It seems corny. It seems, uh, childish, but, um, it's been one thing that I, you know, I've, I've thought was really important from early on in my career. It's, it's, it's doing things together and recognizing efforts and giving each other high fives and giving each other a pound and recognize and make eye contact with your teammates and, letting them know when talking and almost creating this, this energy, this positive energy, but this energy of like a relentless effort at all times. And, uh, it's, it's taken on a, so its own life form, you know, like when we train, like all of our upperclassmen kind of do it just naturally. But when a newcomer comes in, they're like, they're, it's almost like they're kind of in culture shock. They're like, what's going on right now? Because usually, you know, you, you go into a gym and you just kind of do your own thing, but when everybody's hooting and hollering and talking around you and clapping and it's sometimes it's intimidating. And so to this athlete, it, it, it was kind of unique and it was, it was it, to him, he said it was kind of forced, but at the end of the week, because it was something that they did every single day, it was expected. He's like, I just found it natural. He's like, I just found myself like, you know, I walked by somebody, I gave somebody a high five when I, when they did a good set, like I let them know they did something that they never did before. Like they, they recognize that effort. And it's, um, it was, it went back to like really just explaining the purpose of, of why we have energy, why we encourage each other, why we engage with each other, why we have a high degree of effort, why we show enthusiasm and we try to do those things every day. It's because if it's expected when the bright lights are on and it's inspected and practiced, then we got to do it in training. It's got to be about something about everything that we do. And, um, you know, we just really want to teach our athletes about, about, being mindful versus being mindless, you know? And, and that was something that he shared too, is like, when you go into a gym, it's so easy to be mindless. When we go through our daily activities, it's so easy to be mindless. 
and uh, and just really try to get everybody to understand how to be mindful and how to be purpose driven behind every single action. So it was um, it was a it was a really good share, and it was something that I wanted to to kind of you know to share with everybody else, and and, yeah. and also to discuss with you because I think that's something that I recognize from you is is you you don't waste your time, right? Anything that you're going to do, like you have a sense of purpose, like getting into web three, like you made it completely clear, like to me and in some early conversations, it was about connections, it was about networking. It's about trying to, you know, have an impact, but um, you truly have a purpose behind the things that you do. And that's something that's, that I think everybody recognize, everybody listens to this podcast should be able to recognize is like, ask yourself, like, what is your purpose today? Like, right. what is your purpose with, when you go to the gym today and you do that, you choose to do that exercise, like, surely, what's your purpose? When you go into an ice bath, do you know your purpose? Right, right. right. Like, so, yeah, that's just something that I wanted yeah, to share with you. There's so many good things. I mean, the last, the last thing you just mentioned is funny because, like, it just jocked him, like, in my head, I'm just like, when you go into an ice bath, there's no like half-assing it. <laughs> you're like, you, you have to, you have to be all in or, or you're just not doing it. But, um, there's so many good things. I think the, you know, there's two things that come to mind. The first one is that feeling of being forced and maybe even, you know, being uncomfortable, I think is the setting the tone moment, right? Or it's like, uh, when people are new or they come in, uh, you set the standard for what's a, what, you're literally telling the, the team and the players, uh, as as they walk into your gym, like what the standard is and it either forces them to, um, you know, it forces them to get better and, and reach that standard or it might be tough for them. Right. And, and I think that, um, it's important because I think of it like vibes, like yes, a, yeah, right. level, a certain yeah. frequency and you can see the team is like, you know, 90, 90% of teams are here. You're going to have to like kind of raise yourself up to, to match that frequency so that, it starts to feel normal, right? So when you're not on the same frequency, you're not like feeling it, you know, not to get like too like spiritual or, but that's how I see it. It's like the team's up here. You, you kind of have to get to that point where it starts to vibe a little bit uh, for yourself and your experience. The second thing that you brought up, which I think is huge for, it was really like a huge turning point in my coaching career is what we accept in practice is what we have to be okay with in games. And I know that you've had this conversation with a few people <laughs> in our network about like, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And, yeah. um, you know, it's not applicable to every single aspect of your life. There's going to be some things that you're more passionate about and some things that you're not passionate about. You're not going to do it the same way. But I think there are certain like pairs, like how you practice is how you play. It's something that you hear all the time. But if you, yeah. if you sit down and you evaluate a practice and you see, you see somebody shoot a bucket to the net and they don't follow up for it, you know, they kind of just, they kind of mosey down, Lazy. down the wing, shoot, and then they get back in line if the coach doesn't say anything and they don't, they don't correct that in that moment to set the standard of what is to be expected, then the coach cannot be as upset if they see it during a game, right? Because you're going to get 150 reps in practice and you're going to get three reps in a game. And that is where you practice the reps. Right. And so, I mean, I remember I, I, I always bring up my dad, but my dad would like be such a stickler on, you know, why are you not shooting low? Why are you not hitting, you know, when you, when you shoot yeah. up, why are you not going to that? In my head, I'm just like, you know, we're just, we're just doing some reps. We're just getting some practice in yeah. But, but from a psychological level, he was, he wanted them to treat this like it was a game and he wanted to, to kind of set that standard for, um, if we, if we let them go 50% in practice and yeah. <laughs> we can't be that upset when we see them go 50% during games. And so it was such a huge turning point for me and it's so applicable to 
to a lot of things in life when it comes to, um, you know, setting that standard and, and, and being there, even if you don't, you know, some people are just going to be more amped up to play games and they aren't going to be in practice. A hundred percent. But it's important to have people like you and a team that has and holds that standard in times during training and practice where it's just as maybe not, you know, maybe even more important to, um, to set that standard. So that's what comes to mind for me. And so it's, it's, you know, how can we have that same intensity and work ethic for the little things or what we maybe imagine to be little. Um, and then the other thing too, is having that purpose is so incredible because, um, Another thing my dad would always talk about is, you know, we're doing this drill, not to do a drill, but we're doing this drill because it's a segment of a part of the game that we're trying yes. to work on, right? Yeah. And so, like, when we do, like, a, a neutral zone pass drill into a shot, it's not just a neutral zone. It's not just a drill. It's not a pass drill and a shoot drill. It's that when you're in this opportunity, we want you to to kind of move with speed, catch the you know catch the puck, and, and shoot in stride. And that is something that we want to see in games. And so... Um, having that purpose when we're building a practice plan was so significant. And similar mm-hmm. to you, when you're building a training program, it's not a let's let's work on your lats, let's work yeah. on your biceps. It's like no, we we want to train some movement in your body, right? That's going to be very very applicable to that sport or that athlete. And I think that you know for you, it, it makes a ton of sense. But it's not just a gym; it's a, it's opportunity to yeah. train something that is applicable to the game. And I think that that's what is uh, kind of missed out from time to time. Well, let's take it to somewhere you know, outside of like athletics, right? Because there might be some people that listen to this that are, that are outside of athletics, like where, where I think sometimes I often hear it too. Like when I have a conversation with somebody or somebody speaking to me and I'm listening to them and it might be complaining and it might be blaming and there might be being negative or like, let's take it to what you mentioned before about the vibes, right? About right. like having some negative energy or negative vibes. My first thought, and sometimes I'll ask this question, sometimes I'll just listen. Like, what is the purpose of that? Like, what is the purpose of you choosing to be negative right now? Or what's the purpose of you trying to complain or spread FUD or just be, you know, just be a nuisance right now? Like, what's the purpose? Like, what are you trying to do? Like, you talked about vibes and and you had a great tweet today about like what you noticed about like, yeah, you know, with your mutant ape, like the, the vibes are immaculate, just totally. the community, like, yeah. Like, I I often question like when people choose to be negative or choose to say something that's you know maybe hurtful or or doesn't really help the situation. Like, what's the purpose of that right now? Like, what are you really trying to do? Like, yeah, I want you to share like if you can like some some of your yeah yeah I like, think with, like with the differences like you know there's being two an, things yeah there's two things that being an eight for me. Well, that, that that's a little bit different. But when you talk about like why people are choosing to be like that, I think the first one is it's a coping mechanism for like when people are upset, right? Like they, they want to put it out there and they want to be heard and they want it to be known that, uh, hey, I'm not okay with like what's going on, right? Like that's the first thing. The second thing is I think they want to feel and they want to feel if other people kind of feel like this of like, you know, like I feel like this was the wrong move. And instead of taking that directly to the team, they're going to put it out publicly or put it in a group chat because they want to, they want to see like other other people like me out there. And I think that we do that as humans all the time. We want to see like we want to feel like there's other people out there like us that are having this issue or have the same mindset. And so I think when they do that, you know, they want to find other people and, and potentially have conversations. Um, you know, I I find it hard to believe that people want to put things out there without finding a solution. <laughs> but mm. sometimes, and this is something that I've learned over you know the course of my life is. 
sometimes people don't want solutions. Sometimes people just want to feel good about something that's happening and or you know feel good or better about something that's happening that's that's not going so well. And they just want to be heard. They just want to talk about it. They just want to air it out. And maybe through that process, they do feel better. Um, you know, with the mutant apes or board apes in general, um, there's just, I think they have a bad reputation because the loudest voices on Twitter are typically the ones that, you know, are, you know, are saying things to generate attention versus saying things to, um, to demonstrate thought leadership, to demonstrate opportunities for people to learn and grow or, or to be a positive impact. I think it's, it's just tougher to grow that way, right? So if they they share news, if they try to create conflict, if they try to create divide, they tend to get more attention. And and through that process, that's what people talk about. That's what people share when it comes to these communities. But my experience, my reality is totally different. You know, I, I purchased it. I found a few people that are already in and they put me in these group chats and group chats, private discords. Um, there's networking events. There's uh, opportunities for me to connect with other builders, and they're extremely supportive. And you know, not that this is like a huge factor, but I've tweeted about it two times, and both of those tweets are seeing ten thousand views. You know, wow. like it, it's being shared, and there's mm-hmm. people that are willing to amplify. And I think that that's a huge factor. You know, like for why I feel like it is. Um, I feel like the vibe is theirs because I feel like they're wanting to amplify. They want to accept people and they want people to know like, Hey, I know we have this reputation, but this is, this is the reality. Right. And they're, and I would go yeah. to discord and I would see, you know, in my experience, I usually have to take my own tweet and go put it somewhere to kind of amplify it. But it's a really cool experience when I go to three different places and there's three different people that have already amplified that tweet somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so it was a, that was cool. Um, the other thing, I think I shared this with you and, and a few others in group chat, but, um, I would go to the board ape discord and I would go sit in the general chat and just kind of see like what was going on, try to like connect with some people. And if one person would come in and be like, Hey, what's going on the floor? Or like what needs to be announced for the floor to, to, to skyrocket. There'd be like five or six people that would instantly come back and be like, Hey, you know, we don't really hold those conversations here. Like we're just here to connect. We're here to vibe. We're here to, to, um, you know, just, just really just build relations. Yeah. And the guy, like his, his mindset, or I wouldn't say his mindset, but his, his attitude changed. It came in kind of hot. And then within two messages, you know, he was just starting to talk to people. And so when you talked about that person coming in from like a new school and feeling like, you know, almost feeling like a little bit out of place, yeah. but then he had to, he had to kind of shift up his, his tone and his attitude a little bit to start matching the conversation. And then I watched, I like literally watched it real time. This person came in hot, like, are they going to make an announcement? Are they going to have to use something to, to raise the floor? Like what's going on here? And then within five minutes, he was just chatting with people. And that's cool. um, so instead of feeding into that fear that this guy had or feeding into, you know, it, he, he was shifted and he was elevated in this conversation. I know that, that that's so small and such a small example, but I've been, I, I'll go in every day and kind of see it happen. And um, so they're basically creating the standard of saying, Hey, we're not going to have this conversation because you know, it's in our control, but it's not in our control. You know, yeah. like it's not, it takes, it takes a whole community to, um, to raise it up, but there, there's always going to be the 10 to 15 people. And you know, they just want to flip. They just want to sit down. Some of these things are out of their control. And so, um, that's what I took from the conversation is like, Hey, let's control what we can control. And you know, the, this is going to play out. And instead of, uh, coming in here and trying to, you know, spread this or, um, to push us out there, with kind of revamp to what got us here in the first place. And I think that that was that culture part that you spoke yeah, about. Culture. And, 
um, it was so evident to me because there's a lot, you know, the, the mutant floor dropped and there's a lot of opportunities for people to get in. And so there's a lot of, it's kind of like new teammates, new, mm-hmm. new athletes coming into yes. the ecosystem. And like, I instantly was just like, okay, this is the standard. I need to, I need to be on this to, standard yeah. to connect with people. Otherwise, um, if I'm not, if I'm not, you know, hitting that mark, I think it's going to be really tough for me to try to connect with people because, um, you know, this is not what they're about. That's not how they want to spend their time. And it goes back to what you said. I always want to be effective with my time. And if I feel yes. like I'm not effective, then I probably have this coping mechanism to detach from these things. And I think that um, that happens a lot in communities. If they don't feel like they belong and they don't feel like um, they can connect, then their their attachment to the NFT or to that product is probably going to you know start to spread a little bit to the point where they don't want to be there. They, they have no problem selling the asset. Um, so, you know, part of it is creating that standard. And then it goes into a lot. What I've thought about in coaching is like, how do we continue to nurture that? And that, mm. I mean, that's the hardest part. I think creating the, the, the standard and culture and getting everybody there is one thing, but over the course of the season, there's going to be adversity that, yes. you know, that forces you to nurture or forces you to adapt and change. And, um, yeah, there, there's there's a lot of big things and big principles, but there's a lot of small things that I think people can do. And like the first thing that came to mind when you were talking about is, I was thinking about like team dinners. You know, do we just, after a game, do we just kind of send everybody on their own and they just kind of figure out dinner and go to the hotel? Or do we set up a team dinner every single time, you know, we travel? And mm-hmm. that, it seems so like, <laughs> it seems so like such a small thing, but that opportunity to connect and talk with people and uh, and have the kids have more opportunities to connect, like that is team bond, right? That is team bonding activities. And um, the more things that we can do to just keep them together, uh, and like we used to do things before the season that made no sense for hockey, like uh, like rope courses, you know, like we're yeah. climbing ropes yeah. and and then team building, team building. And in my head, I'm just like, yeah, it's cool, but we should be <laughs> we should be on the ice, like we should be yeah, on yeah. ice time. And my dad's like, no, just trust me. Yeah. And uh, we did it one time, and every single year after that, we always did it because um, not only did they have a blast, but you know, they there's so many things that we could pull from that, like them, like there could be three teammates that go through massive adversity for having fear of climbing something. And now you have this whole team yeah. like cheering you on and getting you to up. There's so many little things that we pull that we just were like, okay, this is like such a no brainer. Like um, this, this is something that we need to do every year. But prior to that, I didn't really feel that way. I was just like, you know, well, let's get on the ice. Let's, let's get them chalk talk. Let's get, you know, yeah. these things out of the way. And, um, and then I started to realize more and more that it was more important. Kids knew each other's names in the beginning of the year. It's more important that they felt like they belong there um, it felt more important that they accomplish something as a team together early in the season versus, you know, trying to win game later in the season. And so um, there's all these things that I had kind of figured out as a coach is like, let's create the standard and put them through adversity and, and kind of combat and nurture, you know, kind of feel and nurture that throughout the whole year. And I think that that was the way, but in your case, you do it, you, you're successful and then things change because players advance or they, they graduate. Right. And you have to constantly do that. So for you, it's, it's a constant, uh, it's a constant nurturing process, yes. Especially if you have those key leaders leave the organization. So, um, I'm kind of curious. You know, when you talk about these things and, and these things happen, um, do you feel like the culture that you you've created or that you tried to create has that changed over time? Like, do you feel like it really changes with the groups of people that come in, or do you feel like it it's pretty strong how you built it and you're really trying to get them to elevate to a certain standard each time? Like how much leeway and, and wiggle room do you have with with building culture? I don't think the 
the culture changes per se, like the, cause the culture is values and morals, right? They gave, right. like, that's what a culture is. It's a system of shared values and morals. And so when it comes down to the things that we do that define our culture, like I've talked about this before, it's, it's really built on our non-negotiables right? but right. about accountability, personal and collectively, uh, accountability, uh, respect and discipline. And then the last thing is, is having a strong work ethic. So that like, those are the three things that are non-negotiables that we will not veer away from on a daily basis. So when it comes down to accountability, like you say, you're going to do something, do it. You know what I mean? Be a, right. be a person of integrity. If you know, this is what's going to be expected and this is how it's going to be done. Like do it that way. And then hold your team to that same standard. Meaning that if our tempo is is five seconds on the way down, like that's the way it's going to be done because here's the purpose why. And I'll explain the purpose. And I think a lot of that comes down to me educating them about why we're doing what we're doing. And then they have to hold themselves to the standard of doing it that way. Uh, second big thing is respect and discipline. I think that's massively important to everything that we do is respecting respecting your teammates, respecting the people that are going to be there for, to help you, respecting the facilities that you're able to train in, respecting your body, I think that's a big one too, like respecting yourself, respecting your your brain, respecting your uh, your habits, your nutrition, your hydration, uh, your mindset, your attitude, like because those are truly impactful to your actions. Like and so being respecting those types of things. Um, and the last thing is is working hard. Good things happen to people who work hard. So right. those are uh, those are pretty much the standards. What I have noticed is as I've gotten. Uh, older, more mature. Um, some athletes, some, some of my older athletes will say, Coach B, you've gotten softer. <laughs> and uh, and I think I probably have. I've probably let my foot off the gas a little bit in some senses because I, I've allowed the, the athletes within our culture to start to own the culture mm-hmm. and start to take out take ownership of it themselves where I don't have to be the only voice in the room that pushes it. Right, because I think that's what you want to get to, and it's not just athletics and teams. It's truly um, every organization, every business, uh, every every group of people that's connected together for a common goal and for a common purpose. Uh, they need to be empowered to feel the mission. They need to be empowered to feel the culture. They need to be empowered to work for the culture and work for it on a daily basis. It's not like. Um, I often hear some people, colleagues, coaches will say like, oh, we're going to do a mental toughness day, or we're going to do this to build mental toughness. I'm like, you, you don't build mental toughness with like with one workout. You don't build mental toughness with like with one thing that you right. do. It's got to be something that you do on a daily basis. And also truly like, what is, what is mental toughness? Or we're talking about that we started this conversation about purpose. Like in my mind, like mental toughness is doing the right thing every single time regardless of the situation right and so like the i'll give an example to our, to our athletes is like when when you become an adult and you become a parent like it requires mental toughness to take care of your kid when they're sick and they need something and you're sleep deprived and you're sick yourself like that's mental toughness right right you know it uh, um mental toughness isn't just to you know to find the will to lift a lift a stick in a you know in a net front situation when you're down when you're you're playing six on five at the end of a game, like mental toughness is doing it every single time. Like you, you gave the example with your dad, some of the drills that that you would do is like it requires mental toughness to do things in practice and training, so that you can ev- eventually do it within a game. Like that's mental toughness too. It's not just 
physical tasks. It's very much mental tasks as well. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, what you spoke on was kind of like high levels of integrity and high levels of adversity. And I think that that, that was part of it. And but with mental toughness, I also think that it's um, it's being able to see those core values that you talked about and 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 sticking true to those and like true adversity you know so um if you're if you're down three nothing the refs are totally against you are you still going to work as hard as you would yes in another situation like that that's something that you totally have control over um your attitude right like that's something that you totally have control yes. over when um you know you look at the you look down the bench everybody's heads down you know tired are you still going to have this attitude to win i think that um, all these things are, are mental toughness, right? And uh, like the biggest thing for like that I've seen is when a kid feels like the refs are against them, and mm-hmm. like you know, like you can just easily tell like he's going to either come back to the bench, he's going to throw a stick at his helmet, yes. and he's going to go pound on the end of the bench, or he's going to be, you know, he's going to make the most of his opportunities for the rest of the game. And that's the mental toughness part, right? Like that's that's something where you have to be able to um, to absorb like what's going on and be able to still stick to those core values that you spoke on of, of like what your, your culture and standard is. And um, yeah, no, this is, it's such a, it's a great conversation because like you said, it is so applicable to uh, not just sports, but, but business, there's going to be time where like a client tears you up. Right. Yeah. And are you going to, you know, sit back and complain and, and not want to work for them anymore? Or are you going to be able to absorb it and, and make sure that, um, you know, there's a better experience for the future. And, and it also comes down to, um, you know, when you talk about culture, just the things that you can control, right? Like there, mm. you have to be able to detach and you have to be able to, to put your energy on the things that you can control. And, um, one last question for you B is like, you know, working with college level athletes, um, is there something that, you know, you do outside of the gym that is kind of like a, a staple for you to, uh, put the team in the environment? for team bonding like um you know like when we were coaching we would do like these random things like the ropes course we would go play like broom hockey on on a pond you know like uh, on a on a outdoor pond we would kind of put together these events where it wasn't really hockey focused but we knew after the event that we felt like there was more together than this. so i'm kind of curious for you like obviously your main mode is is gym training yeah. opportunities like that is there something that people don't know that you as like, this is a great team bonding staple that I like to implement. Um, honestly, I don't know if this would be fit in the realm, but it, it's, it, it kind of does like we in, in our in off season, early off season, like on, uh, when we're trying to establish leaders, voices, who's going to be the, um, strong leaders in our group like we often do uh, a team competition day and we'll split the teams in two um and we compete and so it's every friday right and so it's every friday we do different events um some are physical tasks some are mental tasks um but we will the purpose of it right we talked about this whole kind of episode talked about purpose like the purpose of competition days are to develop the skill of competing. Like I'll flat out mm. say like competing is a skill, right? I just like squatting is this a skill, stick handling is a skill, shooting, dribbling. Those are all skills. Public speaking is a sp- skill. Um, you've got to practice it to get better at it. And so right. the purpose of competing is trying to get them to understand how to handle wins, ha- handle losses, communicate more effectively with their team, um, get them to understand how hard they can push themselves 
because competition starts to raise the raise the standard of everything that you do. And so I'll give you an example. Like we'll compete, we'll do different types of relay races, um, whether it be with weights, with, with sleds, um, farmers carries, things like that. But we'll often do different tasks where we'll compete at finding numbers. Right, we might give them like a a, a grid of of one to one hundred, and they have to find a certain certain order of numbers before their teammate does. Um, we'll do different games like we've done. You ever remember the game Spot It? Have you ever seen that game? I think so. It might Where be like, Hells, but it's like different. It's like cards like with random images on it, and it's like one v one, and then you flip cards over, and if it, every every card will always have a match on it, and they could be a different match, but they have to find the match before somebody else. But like so. It's silly. We'll do name that tune. We'll do trivia. We'll like we'll get them right. understand right. how to compete at everything. And um, now that you ask the question, it, it it does help build some team bond because they just learn how to compete at different tasks and different skills. And they had, do have fun with it. Some people they get upset because if they lose, but it's a learning lesson and it's an opportunity to get them to understand like how do you handle defeat? How do you handle a setback? How do you handle making a mistake that costs your team? right like how do you handle those opportunities like do you go inward with the energy do you go outward with the energy so it's really um i think it's a great question that you asked and i guess i never looked at it from that standpoint it's like outside the gym because we do do it in the gym but it will do some different tasks outside the gym but it is i think that's an opportunity where we can really try to build um some unity uh and some togetherness too that that may help them along the road during the season yeah i mean there's you know when i when i was thinking about it reflecting on it there's the empowerment factor that you mentioned earlier is huge because I think that that is our ultimate goal is to instill values and then for those values to be, you know, owned by the team and then started to be instilled by the team over time, right? And the empowerment part is huge. I'm also thinking like we used to do these these drills where it would be like a little bit of like a mental challenge for like stacking the tires in a certain way, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, and then, but I'll tell you like we would, every year there's like one or two kids that like it was it was too tough for them and they would just like go sit on the curb. And, you know, for us as coaches, we're like, okay, like this, you know, clearly like this is a, a huge, um, you know, weakness and something that we need to, um, both talk about and, and help them get to the, to the standard of like, you know, just because it's really tough doesn't mean you need to go sit there. Like the rest of your teammates are literally, you know, going at it. And so it also as coaches kind of taught us, you know, where our level of team bond was early mm. and where we need to put some, maybe a little bit of focus on to, uh, to get better. Um, there's another, you know, something that came to mind for me when you were talking about standards and, um, you know, applying these things in all principles. I thought about the military too. You know, my dad's obviously military, but when I think about the military, I think about like everything that they do is for a reason, whether they purpose. like it or not. Yeah. Right making their beds, cleaning mm-hmm. their quarters, making it spotless and dustless, you know, like those are the things where that's, that's where my mind goes when it comes to always having a purpose. And even the way that they train, the way that they are, you know, like everything is so realistic. It, it mm-hmm. might even be like, might even be too extreme in some cases where there's a lot of trauma going on in yeah. training before they even, you know, see anything like that could be anywhere near that level and in, in, in reality. But, um, that's what I think about is because their level of preparedness and training and everything that they do from running, marching, cleaning, yeah. eating, um, communicating is so dialed in to the point where it, it, it serves its purpose. And if you're outside of that level of purpose, <laughs> you're going to be forced to to come back into it. 
Um, and so it, it's interesting because, you know, we think about the highest performing teams as athletic sports, professional teams, but military is too, right? And yes. the military is an extremely high performing team when it comes to uh, level of the standard, uh, performing, communication. And um, that's where my mind goes. And um, I think that that, you know, not that and you kind of hear, right? Like you, you treat this like a military school or you treat this like a, you know, you treat it like it's the military, but I think it's a good thing. I think that that's that a great thing. Of discipline and accountability is because if you don't fall into it, then you literally won't be in the military anymore. Right. And mm-hmm. not that, you know, somebody will be kicked off the team if they're, if they're not really following along at first, but I think it is important because if you look at, you know, from when somebody joins the military and then you look at that same person two years later, they've either raised their standards to that yes. level or they're not in the military anymore. You know what I mean? Like that, I think that it's it's extreme, but it's also really telling that um, there's so much uniformity for how people think and how people act over the course of adopting, adapting to that standard. And um, yeah, I think that, you know, you probably see the same in your gym. You probably see the same with teams. Um, it's either, you know, they, they raise themselves up or maybe they fall or, by the wayside. Yeah. Is that, you know, they kind of get filtered out and they kind of get, you know, um, pushed aside and, and because of their own choices though. Right. And so that, that's another important thing. I think, you know, I've kind of learned from my father's experience, but also some of these, um, some of these military thought leaders that have come out and, and get really big into media. Yeah. They talk about these things. They talk about how, you know, it, it is just discipline and discipline is something that we control. And it's, um, you know, so there's a lot there to unpack, but I think that's a great episode, Coach V. I appreciate you sharing about your teams. Um, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of good pullouts from the team bond, the purpose, the, the standard part of sports that can be applied to everything in life. And I think for businesses, for NFP communities, I mean, it's something that, I didn't realize this until recently in an interview, like last week where I was like, man, it really is team bonding. Like when I go in there and I talk about like vibes and communication and getting on the same page, it's kind of like, you know, how can we create a greater bond so that when we go Mm -hmm. through adversity, um, we're prepared for it versus, you know, adversity hits us and then we're all scrambling and we're trying to get together one by one. It's like, man, it's almost too late for us to really be thinking about this because we should have been kind of preparing ourselves for something like this. And I view it as, we should have been doing it in training camp in the first couple of uh-huh. years. Uh, but now we're boom, like halfway through the season, adversity hits us really hard and we're kind of scrambling a little bit. And um, there's some people that are committed and some people that aren't. And it's because of a lack of, te- you know, lack of team bond. And uh-huh. I think it's tough because it cha- like a community constantly changes. Like, it, it, you know, yep. people, they come and go um, throughout the season. And so it, it's incredibly tough. But I think that that is the key to... To, to finding success is, you know, have a culture just like how I joined Board Apes and I immediately felt the culture and mm. to understand that like I need to either be here or it's going to be tough for me to kind of connect and for something that's important to me, I, I had to adapt. Not not me necessarily, but I saw like the need to adapt. Yes. Or it would be it would be tough for me. But um, yeah, great episode, Coach B. Uh, you know, I think this is one that um, I wasn't really expecting, but we go into a lot of good places and, and yeah. Feel like it was a great conversation. Anything else before we wrap up today? Yeah, I think the the last thing I want to be able to leave the listeners is just making sure that you know what your your purpose is each and every single day, right? And if you know your purpose, just uh, attack it. Um, toss aside any kind of nonsense. And um, if you care about something enough, like you know, get moving on that task. I think that's probably the biggest thing 
is just defining what your purpose is. If you want to derive health, if you want to improve your fitness, and if you want to improve your business, like make sure that you're purposeful behind those actions so that you can maximize those opportunities that are going to be in front of you. And sooner or later, you're going to, you're going to hit that goal. So make sure you know your purpose. Absolutely. Thanks, B. Appreciate everybody for tuning and listening. We'll catch everybody next week. Talk soon.